Hey, Sinister Seekers, welcome to Studio Sinister Live, Haunted Hawaii and Forbidden Truths. I'm your host, Farah, and alongside me is my best friend and partner in all things eerie. I'm Courtney. We're your guides through the twisted past of the strange, the unexplained, and the downright sinister. Can you hear that? (laughs) Courtney, this is our first live stream. We are live on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. So give me your first thoughts as always, because I know I love to hear the backgrounds that we have going on right now. Remind me of the live investigation we did from your haunted cave in your cabin. Oh my God. Yes. That's, that's what a- the, that's what the vibe is right now. And I'm really excited about that. I like it. And I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about the whole ambiance of the episode, but you're right. Like the mm-hmm. cave. Oh my gosh. That was such fun when we did that. I started off doing the conversation cabin podcast where I was living on 488 acres of land with a haunted cave and a haunted cabin. Courtney and I had done an investigation. She wasn't with me, of course, but we were doing it live and it was pretty interesting. And it's up on YouTube. If you guys want to go and take a look on Studio Sinister's YouTube channel. Did you see that? And if you are new to us, Courtney has her own individual show called Haunts, which is available on all streaming platforms. Courtney is a great writer. I talk her up a lot. So go over there and check it out. I'm her biggest fan, and I want you to do that right now. Other than that, we're going to start off with what's haunting you really what's haunting us but Courtney and I each live in a haunted house and if you haven't been following along with Studio Sinister from the start let's go back and listen because we do a little bit of an explanation of where we started and where it's at now both of our partners our husbands uh, Todd and Jake have been experiencing a lot. I just told Courtney yesterday the story that happened to me last week. I did very terrifying. I hate it. Let's go back a week before that. I told Courtney, I tell her everything. As soon as it happens, I text her. Mm -hmm. But what had happened was in bed, taking a nap in the afternoon, Jake was away. He was at the store or school, but I was in and out of coming out of my nap. All of a sudden, the bed moved. It was like somebody with their hip had bumped the bed. My husband wasn't home yet. And the only other thing in my home that's living is my bird, who's about that big. That was creepy. We've been here since September. We've had a lot of paranormal activity here, but that's where it got, I don't want to say aggressive, but it got, it got to me. I've had an experience like this from when I was like probably 16 years old. And it's quite jarring because That is the classic horror movie trope where the bed is shaking. Me, that is very akin to a negative entity. I I couldn't tell you why, but that is what I, I've always seen it associated with something that's negative, which is why I didn't like it. Not to interrupt you, but. No, of course. I always love to get your insight. And that's what brings us to last week. I think it was last Friday. Jake was off of school. Fridays are both of our days off. And he had gone to pick up some things at the store. I'm taking my beauty nap. Then all of a sudden, I heard my bird tweeting. She does a tweet when daddy's home. Then all of a sudden, I was shaking in my bed. It wasn't hard, but it was like, if you're laying flat like that, I could hear the TV crackling because it's like a plastic, a 
And that was really scary. So when we run our about the paranormal and haunted places, we actually live it. And we think also that there's something. Can we just like, if you want to say a little talk, bit about that, Courtney, can we just talk about it? Like from right now, and I'm sure both of our husbands are going to be very happy that we're talking about this, but you just texted me saying that Jake was sick and literally randomly a couple nights ago, Todd has been like pretty under the weather as well. And I feel like it's every time we have activity in our houses, it's the two of them getting the brunt of it. And it's always similar issues. Jake sees a shadow figure. Todd sees a shadow figure. Jake gets sick. Todd gets sick. They're like, it's messing with them, and they're both more we, skeptical than you and I are. It's weird. It's weird. And I honestly think that it's something that knows both of us. It is coming to our homes, and it's messing with our family. 20 minutes before we were going live, my husband was sitting here just watching me make myself up and everything. And then all of a sudden, I could feel his anxiety. Now that I know what happened, you know when you're about to vomit and you're anxious because you don't want to. Yeah, and you're not sure. Right. He literally ran out. It was all over the mat in front, but he did yeah. it about three or four times. If you had listened to our past two episodes, Jake has a mark on his ear, three imprint marks on his face. So has Todd ever had a physical uh, touching-wise, um, scratchy-wise? Has. We've always attributed it to our dog. We have a... He's not a puppy anymore, but he is pretty small and hates having his nails clips we always think that it's maybe him but he has woken up with stuff and we're like what is this but we've always been able to explain it away i've never seen anything like what jake has experienced on todd in terms of a burn mark on the face or something like that that was a little more intense than anything we've had fingers crossed that doesn't continue for either of us i don't want either of them to get or either of us for that matter to be attacked in our sleep but no he hasn't had no, anything. No, I want that either. I just don't. No. So what's haunting you? This is something that I brought up to Courtney a couple weeks ago. I had her study it and look over it. After I watched it, it conflicted me. I was raised, raised in the church until I was 10 years old. I had taught vacation Bible school in the, in the summertime. I was very church oriented. I've done my fair share of sins. But <laughs> a gentleman named Billy Carson, who is this brainiac? that I have been so intrigued and infatuated with watching all of his videos on forbidden knowledge on YouTube. So check mm -hmm. out his channel. I was always taught that the Bible was the book of life origins, pretty simple. And I believe in God percent. The part that makes me conflicted is there were millions of people already here mm -hmm. when Adam and Eve arrived. Billy Carson studies Sumerian tablets, ancient tablets. He's been doing this for 20, 30 years. He's even an astrophysicist. Courtney, what were your thoughts? I, okay, to be honest, I don't know how to put this without sounding out there. I was also raised Catholic just to forewarn everybody. We had a similar path in that, right? I went to Catholic school up until I was about 15 years old. Then I went to public school, but I was always going to church just because that's how I was raised. I was born in the South literally in the butt crack of the Bible belt, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how I was brought up. But I always had been taught that the Bible itself is an acronym. He only left us basic instructions before leaving earth. And again, I know that's out there, but it's really, that was the way it was taught to me. This is like the basic instructions of 
not even instructions, but just the teachings of Jesus Christ, both New Testament, Old Testament. But when you sent it to me, what was the title of the video? Just so, to give the listeners an idea um, of what we're I'm... talking about. And the okay. video in and of itself is a very interesting kind of lecture per se. Forbidden rants. Could the God of the Bible really be Satan? That video, just by the title in the first like few minutes watching it, I was intrigued, a little freaked out, obviously, because like you and I grew up and still pretty, I don't want to say pretty devoutly, but are pretty strong in our faith. So it's yes. interesting to me. That was a obviously quite the claim to make, but also at the same time, by the time it was over, I felt a little validated, if that makes sense, because I've mm -hmm. always been the kind of person, even though I was taught the basic instructions acronym when I was in grade school, I have always felt like the Bible could potentially be inherently flawed because it was written by man and we are as a species inherently flawed. So the way I or what I took from it whilst watching it, I know that this can be interpreted a ton of different ways when you go back and watch the video. It's like almost two hours long and it's great. Mm -hmm. But my whole interpretation of it was it's flawed because it's, God may have given mankind the this is what it should say or this is my the message I'm trying to get across. But he wasn't telling them word for word what to write. Therefore, it mm -hmm. could have 100 percent been flawed or even manipulated by the people who were actually writing it. Obviously, I don't want to give too much away from the video itself because I'd rather people just go and watch it and see what we're talking about. Exactly. But that has been mm -hmm. the message that I have taken with me from it since I what I watched it like a week and a half ago. And it mm -hmm. was really interesting. A lot of it scared me. I will say a lot of it. I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but it was an interesting watch. So what were your this thoughts, Because is... I'm dying to know. <laughs> same as you, it's always good to look at different views. In a nutshell, though, let's talk about the pantheon that came to earth. So there were several interesting gods that came here, but the most significant one, Anu was considered to be the head of the gods. He ruled from space or from the sky, as the ancient texts say. This man, this god, came from space and he ruled everything. Anu had two sons, which I am going to share my screen. They were flesh and blood beings who walked around just like us. They had advanced technology and wisdom far beyond our own. They understood genetics, chemistry, alchemy, quantum physics, and planetary alignments. They left behind records and artifacts that provide evidence of their knowledge and presence on Earth. What I find fascinating is that they, it wasn't that they were gods in the sense of Zeus. They were the rulers before Adam and Eve. We were all taught that Adam and Eve, Eve was created from the rib of Adam. But if you really think about it, then who wrote the Bible? That's what Billy Carson's mm. point was. If Adam and right. Eve were the first ones that were here, then who wrote the Bible? In some way, it doesn't make sense. Now, the two sons, Enki and Enlil, Enki, E-N-K-I. He was sympathetic, the one that married a human. He had a human baby that was named Zazidiel. And guess who Zazidiel was? Noah in the Bible. It reminds me of Cain and Abel, the two of them. They didn't harm each other, but the two of them remind me of one another. There were millions on earth before Adam. Adam was genetically modified. 
And the reason why he was so special is because he was able to reproduce. He was able to understand commands. He was the essence of perfection. They cloned Adam from his DNA and made Eve. And those two had children together. So I just find it odd that who was writing the Bible, the time just doesn't match up. What do you think about that? So I just feel like, yeah, like you said, it doesn't, something there isn't adding up. I don't know if it's necessarily the time or if there's some sort of historical gap that we are unaware of. Mm -hmm. But to me, it doesn't, the math ain't math, I guess I should say. It just doesn't add up to me. The timing of like when it was written and by who. Because you could probably argue to, oh, it was written after the fact. And I think that's what they say is the case. Someone wrote or people wrote it after the fact. Each of the books was written well after Christ was crucified. I think there right. there are, but what I'm saying is that's the, the flawed part. They can say this is the overarching mes- message, but they're taking creative liberties when it comes to the quotes and stuff like that. So, or So to right. say, or at least that's how I've always seen it, which is why the video itself felt validating. There's another part in here where it says the serpent in the garden. So we all know the serpent in the Garden of Eden was supposed to be bad. It was always conceived as being a negative thing. But in ancient times, the serpent was actually a symbol of wisdom and knowledge. That sure is an evil. That blew (laughs) my mind. (laughs) When he brought it up, I was like, that is like, it makes sense. Because I've been taught that a snake means wisdom, knowledge. But when he was like, oh, this is the codex that they use for medical degrees and stuff like that. I was like, "Oh, oh my God, that is... I don't know why I've never made that connection, but when he brought it up in that sort of a context, I was shocked. Obviously, I still am. So was I. Why would that be on the front of a doctor's lab coat on hospitals if it meant evil? Then, my gosh, nobody would walk into a hospital or see a doctor. um, That's why everyone's scared. Not everyone, but there's a ton. That's a huge phobia, a pretty common phobia of people being scared and fearful to go to the doctor and i wonder if that has like some sort of psychological impression on us obviously Mm -hmm. no one's like making that connection and being like you have a snake on your shirt i'm scared of you but i wonder if psychologically there's something there i think so i do i think so these two inky and anil was given control of earth even though inky's name was used to name the planet and leo rolled and ran the planet while inky operated underneath him inky was a scientist and a geneticist, while Enil was more of a ruler and an archetype. Enil created a place called Eden, which was an outdoor laboratory with strict access control. When they had cloned Eve from Adam, that outside laboratory, the Garden of Eden, they had time, sex. They would go out, frolic amongst each other, and then, okay, it's time to come back in. This is all on ancient text. Did he mention whether or not the ancient texts were written before the Bible or was it all around the same time? I'm assuming way before. Way before the Bible. The Marian tablets are known as like the most ancient, which are these ones. See right there, it doesn't add up to me. I don't know. I don't want to refute the Holy Bible and because I do think there's a lot of good messages in there, but I've also at the same time always felt that there have been some pretty wild things in there as well if you've Mm. i'm sure you've studied it but i went to scripture classes for most of my early childhood and high school education and it's like when you get into it to that level of like 
when you're studying it as if it's a class. Cause like I literally had to take scripture classes to graduate. I had to pass those, wow, which is fine. And then okay. when I was in college, I went and did like world religions class and got even more exposed, not just to Christianity, but to all of the world's religions, which I really enjoyed. But when you are studying the Bible to that level of degree or any religious text for that matter, you see it for all of its good messages as well as all of its bad messages. And there are some mm -hmm. messages in there that are pretty shocking and obviously it was written, what, thousands and thousands of years ago. And it was a very mm -hmm. different time. But I just think it goes to show the Bible in and of itself is a story that shows how flawed men can be or not just men, but humanity in, in and of itself. Maybe that was the message the creator, whoever he may be, was trying to get across, perhaps. I don't know. But that's how I've always seen it. I agree with you. I'm not saying that I believe it 100% or that I'm saying everything that I that I learned or was taught was a lie or anything like that. I'm looking, I'm studying. Exactly. It and, I, and I would like you and I to do an episode or two on this and get a little bit deeper in it. I think it's an amazing topic. It's an ancient alien civilization, which brings something that I had put on Instagram. I had made a short video about Easter Island that had been burned yeah. down. Yeah. So see, someone's trying to erase history because people are coming out and saying that there were people a long time ago here and they came from space and they ruled the world and there's Texas to prove it. What normal person on a regular day could take a boat to Easter Island with the most hazardous chemicals on earth, and a lot of it too, by the way, haul them across sea without getting stopped anywhere, pull them up onto the island, take them to each huge statue, pour it over the statue and light it on fire. Someone pretty high up had to do that. Was Seems that done like, on purpose? That was not like an accidental fire. No, it was a chemical that was put on that actually could melt oh, stone. God, okay. No, this wasn't accidental. This was arson. Haven't you ever wondered when you look at an Egyptian pyramid, how they were able to grab 50 ton rock from where and put it where the pyramids <laughs> from are where? and put it all. Like, how, how would they carry 50 tons of rock? You'd have to go to right. the quarry to get it, to chip it out to haul it mm -hmm. and then build a pyramid as big as it is the lines and everything are cut just beautifully and it's still standing to this day i just love how you're like where did you get this rock from it doesn't well, make sense it doesn't make sense billy carson say say that sound can do a lot more than what we think there is a certain sound wave that could have possibly lifted the stones because it made a vibration. I'm sure you remember seeing about the gentleman in Florida 50, 60 years ago that made a little garden for the woman that he loved. There are huge stones. People were taking pictures of him when he was crafting it. Do you have to look that up? I'll look into it. We'll circle back. Just a regular man. And the people were like, how did you move these 20 ton rocks? And he said, I have a box and I'm not going to tell you what's in the box. Oh, that's ominous. And just to go back to what I was saying before, I'm not saying that everything in the Bible is bad. I feel like I did a bad job explaining that. I think no. there's a lot of good in there. I think there's a lot more good than there is bad. But there's sprinkles of things that I think really show hopefully how far we've come as a, as a species and a society. 
But the video that the Billy Carson video is just mind boggling to watch at length. So I don't know. The one thing that stood out is this part where the slavery and the violent in the Bible. Exactly. So the Bible is often seen as a source of moral guidance. It also contains passages that condone slavery, violence, and rape. These passages have been used to justify horrific acts throughout history. In the Bible, there are instances where entire towns were ordered to be destroyed, including women and children. There are laws that permit the rape of women, the killing of non-believers, and the enslavement of foreigners. These passages contradict the attributes of an all-loving and all-powerful God that are often associated with the Bible. It is important to critically examine these teachings and question their origins, and that is all that I am doing with this segment is I'm studying. That's all. But when Billy started out the video, you remember him saying, so I want you to, to listen to these attributes, all loving and all wisdom. But yet God was going around and saying, oh, you can have this town. You can kill all the non-believers. You can go ahead and take women, rape them. And then if you want, you can make them your wives too. Why was I that allowed? The other thing that I think really just strikes me too about the way he set it up is he like, how do I put this? He was saying he believes in an all loving creator, just as we are saying. And I think what he was getting at there is the idea that maybe those gods that came beforehand are not that all loving creator that we were taught about, that we all believe in. Or not, right. I guess maybe not all of us, but a good portion of society right. and the world do believe in that sort of a higher power and that's great but i think what he's getting at is the gods that we spoke about earlier on in the segment are not the same which is interesting too right the all loving it's in us if god created light then we are his creation it's us we're the head of it so the gnostics which were an ancient spiritual movement had a different view of the divine they believed that every human being contains a spark of the divine within themselves. They saw the physical world as a place where this spark of divinity has fallen, and the goal of life is to awaken to one's true nature and reunite with the divine source. They understood that the material world is subject to decay and suffering, and that true salvation comes within through self-realization and inner transformation. And that part I do believe because long story short, I'm a recovering addict. I've been sober now for three, four years, but guess who did it? Me. You did. And congratulations on that. I'm very proud of myself. God gave me 50 million chances to get it right. But I also do believe that you have to meet someone, whoever it is, you have to meet someone halfway. You were the one that create your life. You manifest positivity. Jake is always the type where no matter how hard he studies, he'll be like, oh, I'm not going to get a hundred. I'm like, you have to manifest that you will. And when I remind him that when he takes that test, it's, hey, babe, I got a 99. I got a hundred. You're in charge of your own life. We are all in charge of our own life. I grew up with a mother that was abusive until I was 18 and was kicked out of the house. I came from, my parents were very well off, but me personally came from nothing because at 18, what do you have? You have your high school diploma. Literally nothing. Literally nothing. So I had to make, 
my way. If I didn't try and put that 100% in, yeah, I could have just sat there and been like, oh, woe is me. I was kicked out of my parents' house. I don't have anywhere to go. And I guess I can't go to college. And I guess I can't go get this job. So if you believe in God, whether you do or you don't, you are part of light, if anything. Mm -hmm. So you are an unbelievable creation. So guess what? You can do anything. And I think that goes off the idea of, I know there's some differing opinions when it comes to free will, but there's the one interpretation where it's God gave us free will and turned a blind eye and no longer really pays attention to what's going on down here. And that's what you're reminding me of now. Whether or not that's true, obviously, who's to say? We'll find out when the next life or whatever comes after this. But that, the way you're describing it, really reminds me of that idea of free will, where it's like you take charge of that. You can believe in God. But still, at the same time, you have to take charge of your own life. And don't get me wrong. It took me a lot of chances. Mm -hmm. I got it wrong a lot of times. I was homeless. I was on the street. I was sneaking into McDonald's to get a Coca-Cola because I would be so thirsty. But I put that on myself, though. I did all of that myself. But if I could get myself into it, that means I can get myself out of it. I, I didn't do a rehab. I was the rehab. I just faced it, my demons, and just said, okay, here we go. And I've never turned back. So I'm very proud of myself that I'm even still here, especially in a country where a hundred thousand people are dying of fentanyl overdoses every day. Even mm-hmm. kids that are 14, 15, that are just going to a party and trying a Xanax. They're not drug users. It's just, oh, we're at a party. Let's try this. And it's that one pill and their whole life is taken away. I had three times where I almost didn't wake up. I had a couple of chances to to get it right. But the misinterpretation of scripture, it's the true message of spirituality enlightenment has been overshadowed by power and control. And it's important to approach religious texts with an open mind and critical thinking, which is what I'm doing now with this subject. Yep. Courtney and I sometimes have different opinions and ways of looking at things. But in the end, we both respect each other. And I think exactly. that's the beauty of our relationship. I just think this topic is, it's just so interesting to talk about and think about. And I think our, the different approaches that we have to it, they are different, I will say. But we come to this idea of we still need to be living our lives in the sense of thinking critically. And I don't want to say be skeptical with everything, but I guess question what it is that you're receiving from these things and interpret it in a way that makes sense to your life and to your morals. But yeah, one thing to end this segment, our country has lost religion. 20 years ago, kids were sitting at the table with their families, religion brought together, even if it wasn't strong religion in the house, that respect, that family orientation, that's gone. A lot of it's gone. Dude, I feel like that is the exact opposite of how I feel. I'm not going to lie. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I honestly feel like we're going through a resurgence of like, spiritual practices and religious like beliefs like I think that I've been thinking about this internally a lot and this is possibly a bold claim to make but I think we're going through a second wave of spiritualism here in the United States specifically and maybe around the world but I don't know I just recently as I've continued going down this path and researching different spiritual stories obviously when you're researching the paranormal there's religion that comes at play And it seems like Mm -hmm. this field, per se, is getting a lot more popular. And I think that has to do with religion. I'm not going to lie. This is the most corrupt government that I think I've ever experienced in my lifetime. See that power and control? I thought it was one nation under God. 
I don't feel like there's anybody helping us American citizens anymore. I think the government has turned into one party. It's all money and power. But I do see what you're saying. It could be a spiritual warfare going on where people are finding their place. I do agree with what you're saying, too. I think that most Americans, both sides of the aisle, regardless of what you identify, are fearful of, I hate to say one another, but just with the way that the world has been recently. I remember just living in the 80s and 90s where things just seemed simpler. I think the internet screwed everything up, honestly. The internet, social media. But yeah, social media is a cancer on society. Ta-da! And now it's time for an intermission. First of all, go check out our podcast playlist. Three siblings walk into a bar, couple of couples, weird mythic podcast, macabre family, gruesome and unnatural, scary tales and serials, Zach Solved Mysteries, Total Conundrum, The Suspended Sentence Podcast, and of course, Haunts. And also... We just got some awesome gear from Spooky Designs. They have some rad t-shirts, these awesome homemade beanies that you can even special order if there's something you'd like to have made and so much more. Go check them out at on Instagram at Spooky Designs LLC. Go to their bio, click the link to their Etsy shop. We here at Studio Sinister are in the process of designing our merch named Sinister Styles. We are going to have artwork that no one else has our own spooky and scary creations, so stay tuned. I even have my own undead collection. Now, on to the part where we are going to talk about haunted Hawaii. So who's one or two things that are paranormal urban legends in Hawaii? The only one that I really know about that I'm excited to talk about are the Night Marchers. What is the name of that show? Everyone knows it, and everyone's probably like screaming at me in their earphones. Oh, Radio Rental covered like a personal story from this of like, the night marchers and stuff. And that was the first time I had heard of it. And it blew my mind. But other than that, to, to be honest, and it's shameful, I don't really know much about Haunted Hawaii. I didn't know much either. These spirits have been haunting the islands for centuries. The night marchers are often described as a line of fire ants marching down the mountains. You can see them from an aerial view. Is their tiki tour coming down in a straight line? They're beating drums. There were some of them. So it's very interesting. And these have actually been caught on camera before. Like the tiki torches part in the jungle, Ghost oh, Hunters was able to capture that. Plus, cool. I do have, yes, and I do have a picture that Courtney had showed me, which I'm going to pull up real quick. Let me share my screen and see if everybody can see this. I don't know. Cool. Well and just a PSA, guys, this is when we start to lag. Yeah, exactly. It's so creepy. So this We're is lagging. the one you had showed me the video of it on where the... Yeah. Okay. But there was a Hawaiian night marcher captured by a lady. Who- she was doing okay. a race around the island. And mm-hmm. I can't remember if someone behind her took the picture or if she was actually the one holding the camera. But she caught the spirit on a live photo. Do you see it now? Yeah, there it is. So look at this thing. It is creepy. And you cannot tell me that looks like a human being. It's all distorted like a gray. And look at the face. You'll have to go directly to Radio Rentals. It's at the very top of their page, actually. It's like the third image on there. You can see the live video of her moving. Like the runner's moving and the spirit's like moving beside her. And she has no idea. And that to me is just terrifying. The picture is worth a thousand words of fucking scary to me. That is probably the clearest picture I've seen of an apparition 
like the detail, everything. In Hawaiian mythology, night marchers or spirit ranks are the deadly ghost of ancient tribal Hawaiian warriors. The night marchers are the vanguard for a sacred king, chiefness. On the nights honoring Hawaiian gods, Kane, Ko, or Leno, or on the nights of Kanaloa, they are said to come forth from their burial sites to rise up from the ocean and to march in a large group to ancient Hawaiian battle sites or other sacred places. The legend says the night marchers are normal-sized warriors, dressed for battle, carrying spears, clubs, and some are beating war drums and blowing tombs from conch shell and to announce the advancing of their march. According to the myth, they are suspended in air. Their feet do not touch water or ground as they traverse through the night and they leave no evidence of their visitation. They march in darkness after sunset and march as a group continuously until just before sunrise. Anyone living along their path may hear chanting sounds of blown conch shell tones and marching noises in the night. The following signs are a foul and musky death-like odor, which is weird. Because normally I associate negative demonic entities with a stench. So that's weird. The night marchers might appear during the day if they are to escort a dying relative to the spirit world. Um, I also remember, too, it was like on the... Because obviously that was happening in the day. But I think mm -hmm. I want to say she was running overnight, if I remember correctly. But it had to do with the full moon. Like there was like a super moon or something like that. Go listen to the radio rental episode because I'm butchering the story, but it is chilling. I have no other words for it. It's honestly, it's just gross when you think I love, about it. I it love watching me. any paranormal investigation. And it seemed like whoever caught that picture did a damn good job. And I don't think it was. She didn't even. Me- she just exactly. caught it randomly. I think she was on her last lap. I'm going to finish this race. And was ca- like taking pictures and just happened to catch. And there's some people that wait their whole life to catch a picture of an apparition and she was able to catch like one of the great ones i've seen we would have been so thrilled if that were us she just stumbled upon it whereas you and i would have been like what (laughs) did we just find (laughs) we would have been talking about it for a year ancient hawaiian beliefs state that mortal looking upon or being seen in defiance toward the marchers will die violently barriers placed in the path of night marchers will not deter them some people maintain that if the mortal lies motionless, face down on the ground, they are showing proper respect, fear, interference to the night marchers, they will be spared. It's quite interesting. Additionally, mortals can avoid harm or death from night marchers by being fortunate to have an ancient ancestor marcher present to recognize them. As they encounter the mortal, they will call out, Nau which means mine in Hawaiian. No one in the warrior procession will harm them. So I find that interesting that you can actually either die or be saved by showing your weakness. You literally have to get down. These are like protective entities too. And I think that is like the main thing that comes across to me is show them respect for that and they'll treat you with the same respect. You know what I mean? In any form of spirit, I always say this when I watch paranormal investigation shows, have respect because we're going to be one of those people one day. When I don't want somebody coming in 20 hours a day, will you touch that grandpa over there to drive me nuts? Right. And that's um, 
the premise of like the whole last episode I did on haunts. It's like, these are real people. They should be respected. Like mm-hmm. Abigail. Like Abigail. Abigail. I think I she might that. be our favorite ghost. I, I want to go there to be able to talk I to her. And we're talking about Abigail in the Conjuring House. But mm-hmm. anyway, to try to get through some of this, because we are running out of time. The ceremony and conduct of the march are customized to the taste of its honored warrior leader. A Hawaiian king or chief is known to be fond of music, would be honored with much drumming and chanting. If the king or chief enjoyed peace and quiet, the march would be as silent as possible. Further, if the king or chief did not like to walk around much, he would be carried in a sling by the warriors. In ancient Hawaiian lore, the law has declared body parts of a king or chief to be sacred and not to be seen by a mortal. The punishment for looking at these parts is always instant death, usually by bolts of intense light and flaming heat originating from several of the warrior's eyes what? toward the mortal, right? Okay. The violating mortal is incinerated instantly and the bodily remains dissipate as vapors. Oh my God. That got went from zero to 60. Yes. So fast. No, I hadn't heard that before. I have a very limited understanding of this legend and it's literally just from that radio rental podcast episode. I think ancient deities or spirits will have more power because We don't know what was back then. Just like how we were talking earlier about the ancient civilizations. Anu ruled the entire cosmos and universe. And then his son ruled Earth. We have no idea what was before us and what kind of power that they had. So I always think of ancient spirits or gods like this to be very strong. And I guess they can incinerate humans, which is quite crazy. Literally, the night marchers command our attention, their deeds, yet the burning question persists who are the night marchers? And then a couple other little urban legends from Hawaii. There is actually a stretch of road called Haunted Highway H3. Have you ever heard about this? No, but I'm excited. (laughs) So, as we make our way up H3, the haunted reputation of this highway looms over us. The air is heavy with an unsettling scent, reminiscence of death. I find that just... Why does everything... So is it just Hawaii? Is it just Hawaii? I'm sure that with the volcanic activity there, it probably... There's probably some sulfuric smells here and there, just like Hmm. logically speaking. But it's interesting that these legends are associated with that smell as well. Because you think it would be... Or from my own personal experience, like Yellowstone obviously isn't very far from here. We have a lot of volcanic activity we have a lot of they call them paint pots but it's basically molten sulfur it smells but it's not like it's not like it's just going to come and go and so like it's always going to be in that isolated in that one area because of the geothermic what however you call like the activity there Mm -hmm. so if it's never just in one specific spot i'd have trouble saying that as the root cause but if it is only in this certain patch of that highway then maybe that could be a possible explanation just like coming at it from a logical perspective. You mentioned Yellowstone. Is there any, Is it? does that have any paranormal activity out there? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. You, sh- you should do, for one of our episodes, you should cover Yellowstone. There's too much paranormal activity, but there's too much paranormal activity going on in that park to fit into one episode. 
I did one ghost story at one location on haunts, literally one spirit, and it took up a 20 minute episode. We'll, we'll do, dive into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll do like a such like a part one, part two, and split yeah. it. Then you look at some, and I'll look at some. Oh, that sounds good. Okay, so, so haunted. Stories of unintended deaths and mysterious encounters plague this area. Perhaps it's the proximity to the pulley or the tales we've heard while coming up the grapevine. Regardless, we brace ourselves for the unknown as we continue our ascent. So H is this stretch of highway in, and it is terrifying. Ooh, okay. And I'm I was thinking. It's like on the side of the mountain, but it's like jungle parts too. Okay. So is and, it like scary on the side of a mountain? Because that's what I was picturing. Yes. And okay. there's places where it gets dark. But H3 is not without its controversies. The construction and development of this highway have disrupted sacred Hawaiian sites and unearthed burial areas. Now, what do you no. and I know about no. places? I know. Because first thing that I, what I thought was the Lake Georgia, the Lake Lanier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you that mess with is... something, when you build over something, you flood something in that case of Lake Lanier, mm -hmm. you're going to get some feedback from the spirits. And the fact that they dug up burial areas, first of all, in Hawaii, to me, why would you want to do that? To me, what really bothers me is the fact that they are disturbing sacred sites. That is a right. huge strikes a nerve with me. That makes me unspeakably angry when people do that. Same thing with mm -hmm. desecrating gravesites. Same thing with linear. That whole story in and of itself is mind boggling to me for so many reasons. Anyways, not to go off on another tangent, but the fact that you are going into a sacred place in a place that the state of Hawaii too, it's held so sacred to like the native peoples there. That right. Why would the fact you that you're that? building a highway through it is, number one, so disrespectful. But number two, like, you're asking for trouble. It just seems like something I wouldn't want to risk because that does have so much ancient history there. Yeah. And with the tourism industry, too, like, it, they're, that in and of itself is not good. I don't know how else to put that. We, the native Hawaiians do not, I don't want to say that they don't want it because I'm sure they are not going to be mean to people who come there but oh, of course we I are right. we're taking like the tourism industry is really taking advantage of something that they hold so near and dear and that's a shame it really is that's why i would go to hawaii to see that culture see the sites a burial and pay respects to this beautiful land this beautiful mountain this beautiful sea like that's what it's known for why do you take from that it's a shame. And guess what is also known? Major UFO sightings. I am not surprised at all. Yep. <laughs> it is a huge hot spot for not only ghostly encounters of ancient spirits, but also for UFO sightings. During the construction of this highway, many reported seeing orange lights in the shape of dinner plates hovering in the sky. The presence of extraterrestrial activity adds another layer of intrigue to this already haunted road. Safai, the caretaker of a nearby sacred location, is says that there is a lot of spiritual significance of this area. Even in the daytime, people are said to see ghosts in white. It's very crazy. So that's a little bit of H3. Can I ask, what island is that on? Honolulu. Okay. I would love to live in Hawaii one day. I retire, I'd love to live there. Love I couldn't. It. It's too warm there. I am a yeah. winter person. Really? 
Yeah. Why do you think I live here? Oh my God. It's winter all the time. Here. I just thought you liked Montana because it is beautiful. Oh, I love Montana, but I, one of the reasons why I love it is because I love winter and snow and being cold and going skiing. I will have to say the older I've gotten, the less I like summer. It's too hot. That's why we did move from Florida to Tennessee mainly is because it was just too flipping hot there. Yeah, I couldn't imagine, but let's wrap this up. So I have the legend of Hawaii Loha. So according to the legend of Hawaii Loha, there was once a mythical fisherman and navigator who discovered the Hawaiian islands. His name was Hawaii Loha. So it's L-O-A. And he became famous for his long and dangerous fishing expeditions. He and his crew stumbled upon a large island, which they named Hawaii in his honor. Hawaii Loha settled on the islands with his family, including his eldest son, Maui, his younger son, and his daughter, what would it be? Oahu. It is believed that their descendants went on to populate the islands of Hawaii. So did you ever know that? The Hawaii Islands? No, but that reminds me of Moana. I love that movie. <laughs> Oh, I was thinking of a different Disney movie. Oh, Lilo and Stitch? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. I like, I like I Lilo mean, and Stitch. I do too. The reason <laughs> I why this reminds me, go and watch it. It's magical. But when, what strikes me as like familiar with this is that Maui, the demigod is in it. And I'm assuming okay. that would be the same from the same line of folklore. Okay. And now there's the haunted water pumping station <laughs> in the Key Paloma district of Honolulu. There is a water pumping station that is rumored to be haunted. The station was constructed in the late to provide fresh water to the growing population of Honolulu. During its construction, workers discovered a group of skeletons indicating that the area had once been a burial ground. Like don't you don't check this shit first. You think you especially like they're pumping drinking water from a place that has human remains? You should really check for that. Like, you should check for a whole lot of different reasons. Yeah. Obviously, this gets me really heated for just, you shouldn't disturb sacred areas and final resting places. But oh my God, is that where water like that we drink is coming from? Do you know what that just reminded me of? Let me see if you, let me see if you and I are really connected. In okay. We are. If you just said they should really check drinking water, because I said there were skeletons that were found in here. What's a story that you remember about people drinking water and someone was dead in it? Oh my God. We are talking about that in a few weeks. It's the Eliza Lamb story. Yep. And the exactly. other thing too, just really bring this home. They do say, obviously we've talked about this before and I will continue talking about it because it's such an interesting theory. Running water, hello, is a conduit for paranormal yep. activity. So mm -hmm. if you are building a water station or like a pump station, on top of human remains, what do you think is going to happen? The disturbance of these ancestral remains is believed to have caused paranormal activity in the area. Visitors and workers have reported hearing strange noises, seeing apparitions, and feeling a sense of unease while in the vicinity of the pumping station. And then last but not least, the faceless woman. So another haunting tale from Honolulu involves the legend of the faceless woman. This ghostly figure is said to have Japanese origins, which I mm -hmm. found quite interesting, and is often seen in isolated areas. 
The faceless woman appears to have no facial features or has a face that recedes until it becomes a faceless woman remain a mystery, but her presence continues to haunt the city. She has been seen on Highway 3 before. And it does remind me of the Japanese story of the Japanese split mouth woman. Yep. The split mouth woman. Yeah. For all of you out there who joined us, thank you so much for joining us on our first live. Hey, it's StreamYard. Unfortunately, it's going to have some lag. Nothing that we can do about it. We're available on all streaming platforms. Remember to please check Courtney out on Haunts. I'm her number one fan. Um, in a good you really way. are. And I... I can't appre- I can't say how much I thank you for just all of the love you've given haunts because it's literally been a year since so we've known each other for a year at this point. Isn't that crazy? And we're going to be getting together soon to do some paranormal investigations that we're going to record. So I'm very stoked with that to make like our own little documentary. I'm going to try to drag her back to the Bell Witch Cave because I think I don't want to. I'm so scared. I know, but I think you and Kate Bats have a little conversation. We have some. Yeah, we need to come to some sort of. And I think she what's the nice way you say but like, how do we need to compromise on some things? I think mm-hmm. is like the like respectfully. If mm-hmm. you're around, I'm not angry. I just want to see what's going on. I'm sorry if I mm-hmm. upset you, and figure out how to make you not upset with me anymore. I do believe that there's something she may go back and forth, or she feeds off whatever is here in my place too. You but- also have to think your house is. Not to triangulate to where you live, but it's very close. Let me just put it that way. And I'm wondering if maybe the land that you live on, like this area of Tennessee, Mm -hmm. is within her, let's say, domain as a Mm. paranormal entity. I wonder if maybe she just can. Dude, I didn't even put together that I'm 30 minutes away from the Bell Witch Cave. Yeah. So she could even just try and That's what I mean. I think that she has the... She has like the domain of a certain, maybe she has a range that she can reach without having trouble, for lack Mm -hmm. of better words. And I wonder if your house just happens to be in that area and she's able to use that as like a jumping off point. Even if something scary happens, I can't tell you how many times Courtney is like, do you want to do a cleansing? And what do I say every time? No, no, Let's but you've, you've told me, you've told me to do the same thing. I think when we first met, you were like, <laughs> you need to get a priest for your house. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll figure it out. Exactly. It's funny because we want to learn so much. And I think the only way that you can learn is by, we need to go and do it ourselves. I think we're going to go to, depending on, of course, schedules of if they're booked when we want to go or not, but Rushy Mountain State Penitentiary, Harriman Hospital, the LBL, which I want to go search for Dogman out there too. Drag Courtney with me. We are lurking on all social medias. If you have a scary story, experience, or encounter that you'd like to share, whether it's paranormal, UFO, cryptid, does not matter, email us at studiosinisterpod at gmail.com or you can go to our Instagram and we have a share your scare form for you to fill out in our bio. Also, studiosessions.blog. Make sure that you go and subscribe so you never miss an episode extra or any of our blog posts. And until next time, stay true. Stay you. Stay Stay sinister. sinister. Peace out, everybody. Bye.